Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Security Token Show. We're talking episode 162 here in sunny Miami, Florida. I'm your host, Kyle Sondland, joined by my co-host, Jason Barraza, this week. I know. And we are excited, Jason. We're talking about security tokens. We're talking about everything blockchain for investment banking. Before we get into the, the outline of the show today... We do have to talk about our sponsor, which this week is Benzinga. We're super excited to be collaborating with Benzinga because if you missed the announcement, we recently joined forces in a partnership to broaden and educate the rapidly growing digital asset community. If you haven't heard of Benzinga, which you probably have, Benzinga is a media company with intensive experience building brand awareness and putting companies in front of millions of readers and investors. And additionally, they're a popular destination for retail investors to consume financial news and information, and now all things security tokens. Herwig and I actually got a chance to go into Detroit. We got to meet with the Benzinga team last week, and they are nothing but positive. Their, their office is great, and we cannot wait to continue to collaborate on all things media with Benzinga to open the eyes of millions. Two security tokens. So thank you, stuff. Benzinga. Jason, what do we got on tap for the show today? On tap of the show. Well, this week we're talking about uh, sh- buying back shares and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, that will be reflected throughout the show with some news that's come out recently. But amazing work. Out. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to go into our top five first. Yep. Then we have industry news with Anna Yancey. After that, we have the what's going on security token offerings. Megan's got you covered there. Then Thor is going to be walking us through the market yep. segment. And then we've got a metaverse breakdown, of course, with Eve, and then finally back into our main topic, which, as Jason said, this week is token buybacks. So with that, let's get into our top five. And kicking off our top five this week, we're leading off with Deutsche Borsa, one of the largest exchanges in the world. This is based in Germany, the central hub of all German equities transactions. They launched a platform, the D7 And with their D7 platform, it's looking to use blockchain and other technologies to support same-day settlement and a lot of the automation and the clearing process we've talked about here on the show for thousands of hours at this point. But the great news is that their D7 platform has two listings. They've officially brought new assets to market. They launched it earlier this year. I think it was October 2021 was when it was announced. More than likely, it didn't actually go live until 2022, but now it is live. And asset managers, LBBW, not totally sure what that stands for, and Vontabel are both now trading their shares on this D7 platform. Unfortunately, it doesn't use blockchain yet. However, it does use smart contract technology, so they are testing a lot of the automation that comes with the settlement of these securities. And it really makes this process more effective. They're leveraging a company called Clearstream, who I guess you could think of as like the clearing house or or kind of that that underlying settlement layer that assists Deutsche Borsa in this process. And the Clearstream head of New Digital Markets said that this moves issuance of structured products from days to minutes. 
So this is a significant change. Of course, we're talking the difference between 24, 48, 72 hours. Time is money in this case. And so this is significantly beneficial for those products. And their future plans include using VMware and R3's Corda for blockchain integrations moving forward. They're not casting that to the wayside. They are bringing it on board, but I applaud them for doing it in stages. Getting the assets listed does seem to be the biggest difficulty for live issuers or issuance platforms here in the industry. So great to see them listing new assets. Deutsche Bors, number one. That's fantastic. And we love to see another step forward with institutional adoption of this technology. As you mentioned, it's in steps and phases, right? So that's great. Totally. I mean, we're going to do it little by little until we get it right. So that's fantastic. But moving on to number two, we have Dig Out. The SEC filed charges against the four men behind both CryptoBontics in Canada and Scion Trading in the UAE because allegedly they had pump and dump this token worth $36.8 million. But more importantly, they're alleging that the men claimed a $10 billion worth of real gold bullion in reserves that backs the Dig Out token. Um, but apparently the uh, the allegation here is that that mm. never existed. Oh, boy. That never existed. So this token may not be backed by the gold. Um, not only that, but they actually pretend or allegedly pretended to hire accounting firms to do audits as well. Oh, my gosh. Uh, on this. So it's a whole scandal. We're definitely going to be keeping track of everything that's going on there. And, you know, it's obviously still under investigation. But right now what the SEC wants from these four men is for them to pay back the profits that were made on this token on top of civil uh, money penalties. And they also want them to have officer and director bans or bars, excuse me, which basically prohibits them from holding any roles that are either officers or directors at any public trading companies in the future. So, you know, Crazy. with this, you know, we obviously at STM, we protect our data integrity and whatnot. So we have delisted the dig out token for the time being as these, uh, you know, charges to get, uh, you know, sorted out through. But for now, totally. it is off the, uh, off the STM.co website. That's, that's just, some crazy news. Never forget that the SEC does not forget. And this ICO occurred in 2017. And we are aware that the Dignity token, the DIG token that is being investigated is not a security token. It was sold as an ICO. It was purported to be an ICO. However, there does seem to be a relationship between that token and potentially the dig out token listed on the Crypto SX platform. So for the time being, it's under review until we can verify if these allegations are true and certainly if there's underlying assets there. More on that in Thor's section later in the show. And number three, the main topic of our episode is inspired by what AspenCoin is doing today. They announced this week that they are doing a share buyback. They feel that the ASPD token trading on T0 representing a share in the Aspen St. Regis Hotel they believe it's undervalued. They believe it's not getting the love that it deserves. And so they are conducting a share buyback of those tokens. So they are going to be essentially buying shares off the market and pulling those into treasury. They announced they have full control over exactly how that may change over time in terms of how much or how long they're going to be buying. But the numbers floating around are about $250,000 worth over the next 60 days. We'll see how that acts over time, but it's great to see that more liquidity is being powered into these markets, even if it's issuer managed themselves. Herwig and I covered the three levels of liquidity way back in time with issuer managed liquidity being the most basic and most important in building a fully liquid economy. And so great to see Aspencoin doing that. Again, more on that in this week's main topic. 
Fantastic. There's a very intriguing topic. So definitely excited to get a little deeper into that one. But moving on to number four, we have Yuga Labs back with the SEC. They are probing the, for those of you that don't know, Board Ape Yacht Club creator, Yuga Labs, uh, for essentially the alleged uh, allegation that they had offered an unregistered you know, offering here, right? So these are, and are this probes the question, right? Are NFT securities, are they not, um, you know, and they're also looking into ape coins, which were essentially distributed to the holders of these NFTs, not just Board of Yacht Club, but also the Mutant Ape Yacht, sorry, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, and also Board Ape Kennel uh, Yacht Club, right? Mm-hmm. So multiple entity holders got these ape coins, um, and that might start looking like it might be some kind of dividend, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah, uh, you know, the distribution here was like sixty-two percent was committed to those holders, but other percentages were also sent over to Yuga Labs themselves, the founders. So. You know, it's starting to look a little bit like... It's starting to get hairy. Yeah, right? And they're in the crosshairs. So, uh, you know, we're going to obviously keep up with that topic as well and give you any updates as they come. But that is another topic this week that we've seen from the SEC. And look, if you listen to this show, this is not going to be surprising. Herwig and I did a main topic on how potentially the Board API Club collection is a unregistered security. We've talked about this in the past, and we have plenty of content on the fact that these things are starting to get blurred in terms of the lines between what is a security, what is not. It'll be fascinating to see how all these developments change over time. You'll be first to hear it on the show. And finally, to round out our top five, MRHB Network, based in the Middle East, launches a tokenized commodities exchange. They're specifically trying to build a platform that is structured similar to a decentralized exchange that is going to be able to provide trading services for tokenized, specifically gold and silver to start with the goal of having copper, wheat, oil, gas, and other commodities to be traded on this tokenized platform. It is called TIJARX, T-I-J-A-R-X, for physical commodities. These are 100% backed by physical commodities, which we've heard before. So hopefully this time is legit. But if it is fully commodities backed, this seems like a great way to streamline the process of trading commodities and getting exposure to underlying assets. They are also doing free transactions for the first six months on their platform. So it'll be interesting to see how much liquidity they can build. Congratulations to MRHB Network and TJRX for launching a new exchange. And with that, let's get to Annie Yancey for the Industry News. Happy Grand Rising, everyone. Today we are starting our news with what is believed to be the future of the financial markets. This week, top executive at S&P Global, Chuck Mount, said that he believes all assets will eventually be tokenized in the long run. This, of course, is no surprise to us after Gary Gensler announced last week that he believes the majority of crypto tokens are actually security assets. Mount also said S&P is positioning itself for when the trend unfolds. Although he believes the tokenization of everything will happen, he is not sure as to whether it will be purely centralized or purely decentralized. His personal opinion is that there will be some blended space. Mount predicts a huge turning point for crypto sometime within the next year, where institutional investors start to flood the space upon getting regulatory clarity. To learn more about his view, watch his interview on Scott Melker's YouTube channel. Next up, we are going international to Brazil. They are one of the many countries we have covered that are taking an initiative to integrate security tokens. The Brazilian Securities and Exchange Commission, CVM, is defining rules to classify crypto, cryptocurrency assets as securities. 
they have issued a new guidance opinion document that touches on the issue. The document defines cryptocurrencies as digitally represented assets protected by cryptography tech that can be transacted and stored through distributed ledger technologies or DOT. They divide cryptocurrency assets into three different classes. The first one is called payment tokens. These are assets that seek to replicate the functions of fiat currency. The second class is denominated utility tokens, which are all tokens used to acquire or gain access to certain products or services. The third class is denominated asset-backed tokens, including all tokens that are digital representation of tangible or digital assets. This class includes stable coins, security tokens, and non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. They stated that CVM will continue surveilling cryptocurrency markets and that none of these criteria are final and can change in, in the future. In other news, we have security token platform Tokeny partnering with Acetera, a regulated digital asset exchange. This collaboration means the exchange will become compatible with Dino, a global distribution network for tokenized assets, providing European investors with access to digital assets and greater liquidity. Tokeny clients will now be able to issue and manage digital assets and immediately migrate to a regulated trading venue. For our last news of the days, we have Stalker, the EU's pioneering digital investment marketplace for alternative assets. They are receiving vast registration by Luxembourg Financial Regulatory, CSSF. This makes them the first digital securities issuance platform outside of the U.S. to have exchange integrations with regulated security trading venues. They are now able to independently conduct KYC and AML checks on the investors investing in the securities. Becoming a BAS helps Stalker to provide financial services to market participants for the sale and offer of virtual assets. So far, they have supported tokenization of over $60 million assets. I look forward to seeing how this process will increase their investor count in the future. Okay, folks, that's all the news I have today. Let's pass it on to Megan with SEO Updates. Hi, tokenizers. I missed you. I've been on a token world tour and building out the launch of our new site, but things are cooling down, so let's get back into our regular routine. First up, we have news from Aspen Digital as they have announced a token buyback program for Aspen Coin tokens. Aspen Digital's board of directors has authorized a token buyback program under which the company may repurchase the tokens in open market up to $250,000 of its outstanding shares of Aspen Coin, otherwise known as St. Regis tokens under the ticker ASPD. The company believes that its current market price of its ASPD tokens does not reflect their intrinsic value and that the buyback program is consistent with the objective of creating long-term token holder value, improving market liquidity, and efficiency. The company intends to begin the program on or around October 24th, 2022, and the program will last for 60 days, at which point the board will reevaluate the program. It is subject to company internal policy prepared by legal counsel in accordance with applicable regulatory requirements. The timing and actual number of ASPD tokens repurchased will depend on a variety of factors, including price, market conditions, and the program's policy. The buyback program does not obligate the company to acquire any particular amount of tokens, and it may be suspended or discontinued at any time per the company's discretion. You can head over to my blog on Medium for the full release where I initially broke the news. 
Second, we have an awesome project from Stowbox. We've talked about them before. They're a turnkey tokenization provider, and they have launched a security token offering for Candela Project, a luxury villa complex in Tulum, Mexico. Candela creates one-of-a-kind residential communities in Mexico's most attractive locations, combining modern, luxurious lifestyle with carefully chosen facilities, turnkey services, and integrative wellness programs. From the jungles of Tulum to other iconic locations, Candela showcases distinctive architecture, captivating design, and a purposeful concept rooted in wellness that is customized to each location, honoring history, natural beauty, and culture. The project currently has 12 villas and 14 residences at its disposal, ready to be sold entirely or fractionally. Candela hired Stobox as its turnkey provider, with Stobox's legal team structuring the offering and making it more accessible for all investors. You can find out more now on Stowbox's blog where the full release is available. Last, we have three Japanese companies teaming up to launch what they say is the first real estate securities token offering for retail investors in Japan, which is really exciting. The collaboration is being done with Securitize, Lifeful Homes, and EnjoyWorks. The first STO with these companies collaborating is said to be a retirement home project. The offering is said to create convenience for investors, and it will help Japan realize the mainstream adoption of tokenization. This is also said to improve the liquidity of equity interest and help remove the need for a third-party provider, providing proof of ownership in the securities and real estate assets fields. This story is from CryptoNews.com, where you can go to to see the full remarks. That is all for this week, tokenizers. In the meantime, I'm always on Twitter or my blog sharing the latest news, so check us out there. Hi everyone, and welcome to the market update. The security token market cap opens at $15.1 billion this week, but not without reason. The SEC filed charges on Friday against four men behind Bermudan company Arbitrade Limited, a Canadian firm, Cryptobontix Incorporated, and UAE-based Scion Trading for allegedly running a pump-and-dump cryptocurrency token scheme worth $36.8 million from 2017 until 2019. The men behind the alleged scam claimed that they had $10 billion worth of real gold bullion in a reserve that would back their Ethereum-based crypto token, ironically named Dignity. We at Security Token Market are currently evaluating the relationship between the Dignity ICO and the Dignity Gold Security Token. Due to this investigation, the asset DIGAU has been delisted and is uh, presently under review. If you have any information on the matter, please reach out to the STM team on Twitter or LinkedIn. Moving on to Aspen Digital, a single-purpose corporation formed in Maryland and owning 18.9% of the St. Regis Aspen Resort in Aspen, Colorado, announced that its board of directors has authorized a token buyback program under which the company may repurchase uh, in the open market up to $250,000 of its outstanding Aspen coin, St. Regis tokens, uh, ticker ASPD. The company believes that the current market price of its ASPD tokens does not reflect their intrinsic value and that the buyback program is consistent with the objective of creating long-term token holders value and improving liquidity and market efficiency. The company intends to begin the program on or around October 24th, 2022, and the program will last for 60 days. Finally, Halen Technologies is introducing the Halen Reward Token, ticker name H-A-L-N, which is a social utility token. This token enables people in the Halen network to leverage the strength of Web3 to enhance shared services, encourage customer loyalty, and network participation. 
Halen tokens are used to denote appreciation among network participants as non-monetary rewards. Consumers and providers can transfer these social tokens among themselves to reward one another. The unique feature here is that the Halen app users may earn Halen tokens when they excel in providing their service. Providers, too, may reward their customers for their loyalty. The Halen app will have an integrated wallet to enable users to receive, store, and transfer these tokens. Halen technologies may track the volume and direction of the movement of these social tokens to measure the strength of social relationships and customer loyalty in the Halen network. That is all for, uh, that's all from the market update. And next up is Eve with Inside the Metaverse. Wakey wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Bankall. Formula One files new trademarks which reveal a plan to create a digital currency hub around the sports car racing league to reach a wider audience. To achieve this, the international racing competition has filed trademarks bordering on the use of digital assets. The eight trademarks filed by the sporting competition are a clear statement of intent that it plans to be a trailblazer in the Web3 community. Next, Hong Kong's PolyU launches the city's first Metaverse postgraduate program. The one-year Master of Science in Metaverse Technology program under the Engineering Faculty's Computing Department is set to kick off next September. It aims to give students an in-depth understanding of the nature of the metaverse and the fundamental technology for building the metaverses. Learning what is also necessary to pursue careers in startups and big players in the metaverse industry. Moving forward, Japanese telecom giant NTT Docomo launches a $412 million metaverse unit. The largest telecom carrier in Japan has launched a new division that will be dedicated to directing its metaverse push. The unit named Konang is already separating and it is staffing at 200 people researching and developing software, hardware solutions directed at integrated extended reality products for the customers of the Japanese carrier. And last but not least, Meta, Meta has a huge announcement last week when it came to Visions for the Future, where it revealed insight on new partnerships, technological advancements it's pursuing, like the launch of the MetaQuest Pro, Horizon Workrooms with Horizon Worlds updates, NBC Universal Partnership, and Microsoft's Cloud Gaming is coming to Quest 2, along with enterprise collaborations. Such exciting news. I wonder what is up next, but that was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Van Cole. And now it's time, ladies and gentlemen, for my favorite segment of the week. We're talking about the companies of the week, where Jason and I picked one company each that we believe deserves a little bit of extra spotlight for some of the cool things that they're up to this week. So, Jason, without further ado, episode 162 for a nomination for Company of the Year. Ooh, who do you have? Well, my company of the week this week is Aspencoin. We've talked about them previously in the show, but to reiterate, they essentially are doing a share buyback, which is part of the main topic today. But I love Aspencoin because, you know, obviously it gives people an opportunity to own part of the St. Regis Hotel, specifically 18.9% of the hotel itself. Uh, but this share buyback program, as we mentioned before, is a great way to provide some additional liquidity, some great value for the investors. Uh, and the reason behind it right now seems that, you know, potentially maybe the price right now that it's trading at may not equal its intrinsic value, right? So for those that don't know, intrinsic value can be calculated in a variation of ways, whether it's the asset itself, TCF models and so forth. But Aspen, I'm happy that you guys are doing this. It's great to hear that there's, uh, you know, some of this going on in the space with security tokens. So, uh, 
Congratulations, you're my company of the week. And Kyle, who's yours? I think it's a great choice first yeah. because I love to see how Aspen Coin is doubling down, right? Mm-hmm. They they did their issuance. They, they listed on secondary market. We've seen issuers in the past say, oh, well, you know, we're good. We got there it go. there. We're done. Aspen Coin is saying, no, not only have we done something amazing, but we're going to keep up that pressure. We're going to keep driving value to our shareholders. We're committed to the vision and they're driving some good value to it. I think it makes a ton of sense. Beautiful, beautiful. Let me tell you about my company of the week this week. It is Clearstream. You may not have heard of Clearstream before because they are essentially a settlement layer for the Deutsche Borch. We talked about them as well on our top five this week, but basically Deutsche Borch has launched a same-day settlement blockchain-based trading platform, and they have two assets now listed on the platform. Clearstream is the underlying service provider that's actually facilitating the settlement and clearing of these securities on the exchange. And I wanted to make them company of the week for a few reasons. One, because of the fact that they've helped do a lot of this work, right? The news itself, I think, is a pretty big deal, but they are the ones that actually have to do a lot of the work here. Obviously, not to dis take away anything from Deutsche Borsa, but Clearstream has existing business models and funnels and functions for clearing and settling securities. And they have gone out of their way essentially to be innovative and leverage a lot of these new technologies and leverage a lot of these new innovations and support Deutsche Borsa in this process, which I think is something to be absolutely commended because they potentially will get a lot less of the FaceTime value PR out of this thing. The DB will get that. They're kind of the ones that are doing a lot of the work to facilitate this and maybe not quite as much of the the front-facing credit. And so because of that, I want to give them a special shout out for doing some amazing things. Hopefully they can help power this through. And, and help drive more issuers to using this technology by pioneering smart contract development and blockchain technology in public markets. So for that reason, Clearstream, you're my company. That's week. a fantastic choice, Kyle. I think it's honorable and very nice to give that special honor to people that are you know in the trenches, getting stuff done for the people that are facing the public. Right? Exactly this is right. Fantastic. Congratulations. And with that, Jason, let's move into our main topic. And now we're getting into our main topic, this week being buybacks, right? We just uh, talked about my company of the week, Aspen, doing uh, their share buyback or token buyback in this case. Uh, But before we get into the nitty gritty of it all, what is a buyback for our viewers that don't necessarily or are not familiar with the concept? Yeah, well, a token buyback is essentially a way to power liquidity for a trading asset. We talk about this quite a bit on the show, that the idea of liquidity is this, this concept of how easily can you trade something for cash? So if you have an asset that is not trading very much, it's hard to then sell it. And so therefore, it's hard to get cash for it. And so therefore, it's not very liquid. On the flip side, if it's easy to trade, it's easy to sell into cash, that means it would be liquid. So this is something that we're trying to constantly power because liquidity is is almost like an ideal in the sense that it's not binary. It's not just, yes, it's liquid or no, it's not. There are a lot of qualities and a lot of things that go into powering liquidity for an asset. One of them potentially being issuer managed or issuer powered liquidity, which is what we're seeing in this case. So in a token buyback system, you have the company themselves showing confidence in their asset and providing what would be considered a price floor for that asset with which they would buy back a certain amount of shares or have a certain amount of dollars that they're using to buy back those shares. So essentially, they're providing liquidity to people that would like to sell. 
and they're acquiring additional shares of their company. That's essentially the high level structure of what a buyback looks like. We've seen this in the crypto markets and in the security token markets, where basically you have companies that are trying to either buy back shares, or we've seen the burning model where they buy shares off the market and then literally just burn them and get rid of them forever. And we've actually seen this in security tokens as well between Exodus versus Aspen Coin. And maybe that's a fun place we can go next with regards to the differences in those two structures. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, with Aspen, as we just mentioned, this going on, That's those are plans moving forward. There are some benefits that come to buybacks, by the way, uh, that we can dive into a little later. But, you know, with Exodus, you know, there's something about public and private, right? Sure. So what, what what's the difference there in terms of what needs to be considered totally. and what needs to get disclosed? That's a great question. I think that first off, as we like yep. to say here a lot, this is not financial advice That's and true. it's certainly not legal advice. So if you're considering doing any actions with regards to a security, you need to have legal counsel involved. But from a high level, from my perspective, what I've been able to understand is that there absolutely are differences between the rules for a security. You may be a publicly registered security or you may be a private security. A private security is one that's not registered necessarily. It doesn't have the same level of stringency and it's also not publicly tradable necessarily on a stock market. Maybe it's trading on an ATS or a broker, but that is a private security exemption that was used in order to fundraise and then therefore list that onto a secondary market. As a publicly registered company, there is a much higher level of diligence required for the any action, pretty much. And so basically, if you are a public company, there's a lot of restrictions around how a buyback can be done. However, for Aspen Coin, it's not a public security. It's not publicly registered. It is a private security, which means that there are less restrictions. I don't know what all of them are, but the high level is that there's one main thing that they need to do, and that is make sure that they are not making any, this buyback based off of non-public information. What does that mean? Well, they need to have enhanced disclosures, basically suggesting and justifying why they're looking to make this token buyback based off of publicly available information. So either they already have disclosures and based off of the already existing publicly available information, that's what they're using as their justification to repurchase those shares. And in this case, they're saying we feel they're undervalued. Well, why do you think they're undervalued? You need to actually prepare that for the public. The reason why is that they want to the, the regulators are trying to prevent against insider trading. If you have an idea of why your company is going to be really valuable in the future, you cannot use that information to buy shares of your own company and then ride that wave until that information is publicly available, until everybody knows what's going on. It's kind of a goal yeah. of just evening the playing field making sure that everyone's on the same page about what they can and can't buy. So there is a disclosure requirement around providing all material information to everyone before this buyback is constituted. So as we saw with Aspen Coin, they, they do plenty of disclosures. They've disclosed not only the company's financing, but their plans to conduct a buyback at what specific date, at what specific time, how much they're looking to purchase, what's the time frame that they're looking to purchase these shares, and it is an advanced date in the future so that you can actually prepare for that and, and make your own decision based off of you think that is a, a decision that you would like 
to invest or not. So they're they're taking the steps to make sure that everyone's aligned yeah. and aware of what's going on so that they are not trading on the non-material information. And as far as I understand, that is the biggest, most important thing in conducting a buyback is making sure that all of those boxes are checked. Makes total sense. And for those, in case we didn't cover it before, that date right now is looking like it's going to be the 24th of October and it's going to last for about 60 days. Um, and just to reiterate, it's about $250,000 worth of buybacks that Aspen will be doing. But it sounds like based on what you're talking about, it's really just disclosing why we're trying to do this or why is the company trying to buy back the shares. Of, and that actually, uh, you know, prompts me to actually talk about a little bit about other reasons why they sure. might want to, uh, you know, buy back shares. Yeah. You know, what else? I think that you know a lot of this is really just to provide more value for investors, right? And so when we let's talk, let's explore a little bit about tax efficiency, right? A lot of times when companies maybe give out dividends to investors, those might be char- or sorry taxed uh, in the form of income, right? And as we know, income is taxed at a higher percentage than maybe say capital gains, where those uh, you know that will be resulting as if you were to sell or sell your share back to a company. Sure. Now you're realizing capital gains, not income or dividends, right? So that may be one way to provide more value to those investors. Mm, great point. That's one, yeah. And then the other would be maybe offsetting dilution, right? If a company is planning to grow and may, maybe make some more hires and allocate some kind of stop option, uh, stop stock options, excuse me, uh, then for those employees, as those employees start realizing those options, okay, well, that means that there's more shares outstanding, which dilutes the existing shareholders. Mm-hmm. So to prevent that, that might be another reason to do those share buybacks, right? Obviously, the, these reasons vary from company to company, which is probably why we have these disclosures that are needed. But those are two off my head that I can think of right now that are probably, you know, more reasons for a company to totally. offer these buybacks. Totally. And I think that that to reiterate that third point, the one that I had mentioned earlier, it also just adds a lot of liquidity to yeah. the market in the sense that it's inspiring people to actually trade this thing. And that's, I think, the the, the you know, when you look at a car engine, right? It needs a little bit of of juice in order starter fluid to get going, right? Yeah. And so, in the same way, with a liquidity you know system, if these assets are not trading, potentially being that shock to the system, yeah. providing some some purchasing power will encourage other people to start buying and selling and trading this thing. So as you're mentioning, you're adding value to shareholders and you're creating a more liquid market, which hopefully will add additional value to shareholders in the future. There's certainly a whole lot of other reasons this could be successful as well. 100%. That makes total sense. You know, I'm definitely excited to see if more of these will happen in the future. We've seen this as you mentioned with Spice and BCAB and now Aspen Coins. So I wonder what other tokens are considering doing these. Yeah. So with Spice and BCAP, those are good examples. And if, if someone listening isn't super familiar, what they were trying to do is, is kind of a token burn model, right? Where, where they were looking to do a buyback, but instead of holding those assets in treasury, they actually were going to be burning those shares so that there's just less of a total supply. Um, we've seen that, that potentially BCAP has done something similar. Spice VC, I think, actually transitioned away from that model and are now conducting dividends and just straight distributions on-chain. But as to your point, we've seen this before. There's some interesting examples. And it's kind of a a way of providing Mm market-making for an asset because as people may or may not be familiar with, market-making is is where you have a company that's essentially just buying and selling at the same time. They're kind of fulfilling orders on both sides of the equation in order to, to provide liquidity services. This is something that's all over the place in crypto in a very strong way. However, 
it requires significant licensure in the securities industry in order to actually provide market making services. So a lot of these market makers in crypto haven't moved over to the security token space because of the compliance requirements. So instead of relying on others, we'll just do it ourselves and conduct our own token buybacks, which you know essentially accomplishes the same task, which is kind of an interesting way to circumvent some of those regulations. Absolutely. And as future uh, token issuers plan uh, to, you know, obviously do token offerings, that's something to consider in the beginning stages is like, what kind of liquidity do you want for your investors in the future? That's something to consider. And over at our sister company, Security Token Advisors, that is something that we talk about. You know, do you want to do this issuer managed version? Do you want to have automated market makers? Do you want to have some kind of other DeFi uh, play in there? So all things to consider in the early stages. And of course, that evolves over time. So it's a fascinating yeah. structure. It's a, it's a really, really cool thing to see. We applaud the Aspen Coin team, Elevated Returns, Stefan DeBates and, and his entire team for doing amazing things there. And uh, we hope to see it more because it seems like a super effective strategy 100%. to drive more liquidity for your token. So with that, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Security Token Show. Please like, subscribe, do what you do, share this information, and make sure that you leave a comment. Let us know what you think about the dig out news, Aspen Coin, token buybacks, everything going on. Reach out to Jason or myself on Twitter, LinkedIn, anywhere you can find us on social media. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Happy tokenizing. Happy tokenizing, everyone.